Hello, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to Weird Mythic Podcast. It's me, Naomi. As always, I am your host, and I hope you have had a great week. I have had a very fun week since last Saturday. I told you guys I was going to the El King concert, and she fucking killed it. It was so much fucking fun. Uh, I would totally see her again in a heartbeat. I got to get a picture with the drummer from the opening band also, which is called the Red Clay Strays. Never heard of them in my life. And I wasn't the only one. <laughs> a lot of people at the concert were like, who are these guys? And like, we had no idea, but they were really fun. Elle King, like I said, fucking killed it. She started doing covers near the end of the show. And I love covers. So the fact that she did Honky Tonk Woman and there was another song that she did too. I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but either way she did. It. So, oh, that's what they did. It was L King brought the opening band Red Clay Strays onto stage and they did a cover of a Rolling Stone from Dr. Hook. It was so much fun. I've never seen that song done live. So it was great that I got to see it, especially with her. It was freaking great. I'm so excited for concert season, guys. I love going to live music, going to concerts and festivals. I already have a few tickets for the next couple months. So I'll be talking about that also. I did get to go to a pop-up tavern the other day with my friend Christina. It was a haunted tavern. They give you like four different drinks with the ticket. And my God, we got way too drunk. Like we, of course, pre-gamed and had like a good three shots hours before the little tavern. It's like they go and tell you spooky stories as you sit there and drink cocktails. And we had like three shots before. Then they gave us our four drinks when we were at the show. These drinks are so freaking full of sugar. And I don't do that. I do like maybe two to three ingredients unless it's a Bloody Mary, but that's different. Uh, But mainly if I get like a cocktail, it's going to be a gin and tonic or a Bacardi and Coke. I don't get anything that's more than like two to three ingredients because it's too much sugar. And they had so much sugar and alcohol in these. It was juice, sugar, uh, liqueurs, and then vodka on top of all of it. So We were definitely hungover the next day, but you know, good. We walked and had some breakfast the next day. It was a great way to start our birthday shenanigans. So it was awesome. I really hope you guys have been paying attention to the Malcob family podcast. I mentioned them last week on like, you know, a podcast recommendation. They've been talking about the Playboy Bunny murders. So freaking interesting. And I think they have their third episode coming out today, which is Friday. So keep an eye on them, guys. They're so much fun to listen to. So let's get into the new series, guys. I've always liked this topic. I've always been into aliens and UFOs. I guess I do believe in aliens. I'm just not sure if I will ever be able to see or meet one. We all know that the government is taking the UFO sightings more seriously lately, especially with everything coming out about Project Blue Book within the last few years and the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, which I want to say came out about a year or two ago. So and I'll get into both of those, Project Blue Book and the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, but that'll be in later episodes. I'll also be posting the link to the preliminary assessment from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence on Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, UAP. They're they're using UAP for UFOs now, and I'm still just going to stick with UFO. 
But I do have that PDF for anybody who's interested. I'll put it in the show notes. Came out June 25th, 2021. It's a really dense read, guys. I went through like six pages and I still need to reread it. It's very interesting because it really shows you exactly what the government is looking into on UFOs. So, I mean, really what they're trying to do is see if any UFOs actually pose a threat to the intelligence community or the government. But it's such a dense read. It's a lot to look into. However, they are looking into 144 sightings. So I will definitely be posting that in the show notes just because it's hella interesting. But for this first episode on UFOs, I am definitely talking about Roswell, New Mexico. Figured it would be a good place to start. Everybody knows the story. So I just kind of want to get it out there, get it done and over with. It was one of the first UFO stories that I ever knew about was about the Roswell, New Mexico crash. I also kind of want to get into other UFO sightings and conspiracies with this little series. And I might even try to talk about the difference between England and the United States, how they differ on UFO sightings and how they go about their research. I'm really scared to go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and get into what happened in Roswell, New Mexico. We're going to go to July 7th, 1947. And there was this rancher. His name was Mac Brazel. He noticed some debris on his property. Not thinking much of it. He just kind of moves it out of the way, goes about his day. And about a day or so later, he ends up needing to go into town. When he's in town, he keeps hearing these rumors of flying objects and flying discs being seen around town. There is a airbase in and around Roswell. So that's one thing. They're used to seeing flying planes or objects or whatever, but these no one could really identify. So after Mac was talking to some locals and some friends, he went back home, gathered up more, gathered up some debris and took it over to the sheriff's office. That is where Major Jesse Marcel then went back with Mac to his property to gather more debris, more evidence of whatever was left there. Marcel and Mac were able to fill up Marcel's bed of the truck with all kinds of debris. And then they were they took it, transported it back to a Colonel William Blatchard, who then reported the findings to a Fort Worth uh, to the Fort Worth Army airfields general. (laughs) I know that was a lot. So pretty much this rancher got the debris, took it to the sheriff's office. A major at the airfield was actually at the sheriff's office, went back with the rancher to get more debris. They then take it to the general at the Fort Worth Army airfield. And that is where they put out an official report. This is from General Roger Ramey on July 8th, that there was a flying disc found on a nearby ranch, and it is now in their possession. So, on July 9th, another report came out from the same Army airfield, and it was stating that it was just a weather balloon that it was found at this ranch in Roswell. So right away, people are like, why would you immediately put out that one report saying you found a flying disc? Because in everybody's mind, an airman will know the difference between a weather balloon and a flying object, flying disc that is, you know, I don't know, you you do it yourself kind of thing. <laughs> so 
there was all kinds of conspiracies, all kinds of rumors going around about the first report and that it was more true and that no way was this thing just a weather balloon. So again, guys, that was back in, what I say, 1947. So in 1978, a nuclear physicist, Stanton Freeman, he heard rumors about a military man who was at the crash site in Roswell, New Mexico. And he was saying that the weather balloon report was definitely a cover-up. That military man who he was hearing rumors about was, of course, Major Marcel, who was the one who went back with Mac to get more of the debris. This nuclear physicist, Stanton Friedman, went and started talking to Marcel. And Marcel had a whole lot more to say about the report that wasn't obviously on the report because he wasn't allowed to say anything at the time of the incident. He felt like he had to now get things out. And according to Marcel, that everybody who was involved collecting the debris 100% knew it was not a weather balloon. And he 100% believed that it was an extraterrestrial spaceship. So after that physicist Stanton Freeman talked to Marcel, nothing really came out. It was honestly just kind of chalked it up to more rumors more conspiracy theories, and nothing was ever done after 1978. But then, in 1994, the General Accounting Office, which I didn't know was a government entity, so thanks for that government, people, uh, they initiated a request to the U.S. government, mainly to all agencies, all U.S. government agencies, but they were really focused on the Air Force. What they were requesting was information on a crash or recovery of extraterrestrial vehicles or occupants near Roswell from 1947 to 1950. Now, that was a very specific question, and I really like it. Requesting information on a crash or recovery of extraterrestrial vehicles or occupants in Roswell from 1947 to 1950. I think that was a really good question. <laughs> Just Plain and simple. Let us know what happened. <laughs> so the Air Force did respond to the request of what was collected in Roswell in 1947. They still said that they were weather balloons and the bodies that were rumored were actually crash test dummies. The type of weather balloon that was found during the Roswell crash is known to be from a government project called Project Mogul. They would be searching for sound waves from the Soviets if they were detonating missiles or bomb tests. These balloons were extremely large with multiple balloons attached to them with discs, you know, looking for sound waves. But these balloons were attached by strings and about 700 feet in length. That does not sound like a flying saucer to me. Just just my own way. The way they described how these weather balloons were for Project Mogul does not sound like a disc or a flying disc. It sounds like a string of balloons with stuff attached to them, which shouldn't be mistaken for a UFO. I was able to get a hold of the PDF that the General Accounting Office gave to all of the, you know, official government agencies. And they were focusing on air accidents also, similar to the Roswell crash. So this is what the government agencies responded with. I'm going to start off with the Army. The Army responded with, there was no requirement in 1947 to report on weather balloon crashes. So nothing from the Army. 
the FBI had a record from 1947, there was a report of an object resembling high altitude weather balloons with radar reflectors, and it was recovered in Roswell, New Mexico. The Air Force, their response was that they also had a report from 1947 on the recovery of a flying disc that was later determined to, by military officials to be a radar tracking balloon. So, nothing new there. Waited all the way to, what was that, 1994 when they did that? Yeah, 1994 when the General Accounting Agency put out that question. Still nothing new. Air Force is still saying it was later determined to be a tracking balloon. But I found something really interesting, guys. Found a New York Times article written in January of this year, 2023. There was an amendment signed by our president on the National Defense Authorization Act. This is requiring the Defense Department to review historical records that are related to unidentified aerial phenomenon. UAP, dating back to the 1940s. So you never know, guys. There could be something new coming up real soon. But we won't really know until that happens. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much the long and short of what has happened in Roswell. There were some rumors that there was bodies recovered from the Roswell site, but there's not a whole lot to go on from that. It's all about the flying disc and that it was a weather balloon. But, yeah, I, of course, uh, I found another History Channel show, guys. <laughs> and I watched it. It was UFO Hunters. I'm going to admit, I never have watched this show before. Not once. I knew about it, never watched it once because shit like that can get a little hokey for me. So I don't watch a lot of those shows. Season two, episode five, UFO Hunters goes to Roswell, New Mexico to look at the UFO crash. I, I kind of like their theory, though. It was a theory I haven't heard of. And they believe that there was actually two UFOs that they had crashed into each other. One went flying in the opposite direction. And then one just disintegrated and was torn apart. And that's what we saw in Roswell. Why do you think that they or why do they think that there was two F UFOs? Apparently, the same week of the Roswell incident. There was a report of a similar crash in the plains of San Agustin, New Mexico, which is honestly real close to Roswell. And according to the nuclear physicist Stan Friedman, remember him from earlier, he was doing research and was still talking to Marcel in 1978, right? So according to them, they talked to this farmer in San Agustin whose name is Barney Barnett. Barney found a crash with two bodies in it. And Barney described them as being alien. As soon as Barney shows up in 1947, doesn't, as soon as he shows up, the, the military was right there, like right behind him and immediately told Barney he couldn't say a damn thing about what, what he saw. Can't say anything about it. But of course, the History Channel will find more witnesses for the UFO hunters. And of course, they did. <laughs> According to an airman named Earl Fulford, he was working at the Roswell base during both of the crashes. And he actually had an insight on what was going on. 
he was sent with another group of airmen to the Roswell crash site. When he and the group of airmen got to Roswell, they were told to collect as much debris as they could. And as he was picking up this debris, the way that Earl describes it is, of course, things that he's never seen before. One of the things he did was he picked up this piece of material and he kept saying it was all really shiny material, kind of looked like tinfoil, but more shiny. And he, he would pick up this material and put it in his hand and he would crumple it up like you would a piece of paper, you know. And then as soon as he let it go, it would go back to its original form. So he's never seen anything like that. According to Earl, they each picked up about 15 pieces of different material, put it into bags and gave it to the military police. And of course, they were then told not to talk about anything that they found that day. So <laughs> Roswell. <sighs> Do we think it was an extraterrestrial crash? I say we as in me. <laughs> I would say, yeah. It is just too weird for me that the Air Force would first say that it was a flying disc, that they have a flying disc in their possession. They were excited about it. And then about 24 hours later, no, this was actually a weather balloon from Project Mogul to make sure that the Soviets aren't detonating bombs near us. I just don't believe that. I don't. I, I'm sorry, an airman's going to know the difference between an odd flying object and the weather balloons. Just, just strange. The rumors about finding bodies, although they are just rumors, uh, that's all I could say about that. I don't know where the History Channel got those guys to say that there was a second crash. I think it's a very interesting theory, and I'm not knocking it. Just something I hadn't really heard of before. But I just really come down to the fact that an airman is going to know the difference between a weather balloon and a flying object. So short episode this week, of course, <laughs> but I wanted to get Roswell out of the way. So please tell me your views on the Roswell, New Mexico UFO crash. I want to know what you think about it. Let me know if you know anything about that crash that was in San Augustine, New Mexico. It was something I unheard of. So I'd really like to know your guys' opinion on it. I'm going to get more into like, what do I got written down here for you guys coming up for this UFO one? I really want to talk about like the Lubbock lights and stuff like that. So uh, there are so many other UFO things that happened in the 1940s that I could have done a lot more. But I really just wanted to focus on Roswell for this first episode. Don't forget to go to all my social media, which is Weird Mythic Podcast on Twitter, Weird Mythic Podcast on Instagram, which also has our link tree to all of our other sites in our merch store. I will be putting up the video on Weird Mythic Podcast for YouTube. And please send me your thoughts on the episode. Send me some suggestions and other UFO sightings at weirdmythicpodcast at gmail.com. See ya.